You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, this is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. We stay with the musical theme which has been established to a certain extent over the last few weeks here for a Friday on Ruv English. I'm with Chris Foster, who's one of the organisers of the Vaka Music Festival, which comes to Reykjavik for the first time in a few years because of something called COVID. It happens as of next Friday. We'll get into the details of that in just a few minutes' time. But Chris, thanks very much for, for your time. Vaka, a word that can be loosely translated as wake. And th- there really is a deep connection with Icelandic musical tradition and indeed Icelandic societal tradition. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the festival. The festival, as you just said, is now being revived Phoenix light rising from the ashes of COVID. But actually the festival was first started in Akureyri in the north in 2015. And then we moved it down to Reykjavik uh, just as COVID was kicking off. And so this is actually the first one, the first full on festival in Reykjavik. And the whole idea of the festival is that it puts traditional Icelandic folk music and dance front and center of the festival along with the idea of that being connected to community. So the thinking behind why we're doing it at all is because we want to provide a place where people who are interested in this stuff to come together and share their traditions and also to spread those out to more people because this kind of traditional Icelandic folk song and dance Mm. Um, it's not terribly well known. Um, I first discovered it some years ago when I was organising a festival in England and my friends and I thought, well, actually, we've never heard any folk music from Iceland. We should better get some. And it wasn't easy to find. And I couldn't understand that because I'm a professional folk musician and toured all over Europe and North America and I'd never come across any Icelandic folk music. And I assumed it would be kind of like Swedish or Norwegian music with lots of fiddles and stuff like this. And eventually, after some effort, we managed to get a group of four people to come to our festival in the southwest of England. And we were astonished because it wasn't anything like we were expecting, but it was extremely good and we couldn't understand why it wasn't really well known. Well, describe it then to somebody who has not heard Icelandic folk music and, and like you, either had a, a different view of what it might sound like or no idea at all of what it might sound like. How would you describe it? Well, the first thing to say is that the instrumental element is really not that prevalent. It's very much a sung tradition. And within that there is this very special and unique thing called Rimur. Rimur is it's a, a very it's an epic ballad form. Mm. Um so Rimur ballads, you know, these are when I say epic I'm talking seriously long. We're talking hundreds if not thousands of verses mm. and taking hours if not evenings to get through. So that's kind of like the big thing and it was very long established so early references appear in the 14th century and it was really at its height in the 19th century 
then with the arrival of radio and mass media started to die away because mm. the radio in the corner replaced the quite the matter in yes. the corner yeah um but also i mean there's other kinds of song traditions so there's there's what's called thurler which is songs that would be sung to children and it's kind of stream of consciousness thing it's like you know a busy woman is working and there's kids messing about and she's got to try and keep them occupied while she gets on with cooking the dinner or whatever and so it's like just keeps on rolling yes. sort of spontaneously there's also another form which i really enjoy um and again not found anywhere else um called tvisunga which is when you have two people singing together mm. in parallel fifth harmony but unlike where you might hear that popping up in other sound traditions across Europe, in the Twisaga tradition, the voices cross over. So sometimes a person is singing the melody below the harmony and then a couple of hours later, the voices cross over and the melody is now above the harmony. So, and, and the other thing is that, I mean, it's getting a bit kind of nerdy here, but um, the keys that the tunes are in are not, are often not sort of regular major minor keys so you get these other modes which give it a kind of different kind yeah. of feel and, and so, so, so all of these elements combine to create something which is uniquely Icelandic absolutely. you aren't aware of this anywhere else no absolutely and I mean the interesting thing is that now having been involved with this for quite a while I mean basically I got fascinated by it and that's kind of a big part of how I ended up living here Mm. Um, and uh, there's a lot of interest in it from abroad um, my wife Bauer Grimstotir and I we work together as a duo we're about to go to do a concert in Poland this weekend um, that's the weekend coming before the festival um, and uh, so there's interest abroad but actually a lot of people in Iceland are not that aware of it mm. Well, I wanted to talk about that. And one element of this festival is the time of year that it happens because it reflects the time of year when in traditional households, in old households, these songs would have been sung. Mm -hmm. How important was selecting this time of year for the festival? There's a very specific reason why it's now. It's a very specific reason why it's this date, actually. Okay. Because um, one of the kind of groups that's around the organization of the festival is an organization called which is founded here in Reykjavik by working people moving into the city from the countryside and wanting to keep their traditions going it was founded on the 15th of September 1929 so now the 15th of September is designated the day of Reamer songs and so we've built the festival on to that, on to that date. date. Yeah. Um, and so on the 15th, the Friday of our festival, the feature event is a Reamer concert okay. that evening. Now, this festival takes place over the course of the weekend from Friday. Tell me who is performing and what people can see and what they can hear. The afternoon of the Friday the 15th, there will be a concert, free admission concert, by Lake Scully, kindergarten children who are singing these songs from one of the kindergartens here in the town. 
Loversburg. Um, <clears throat> and also there's three, sis, Kinney, three uh, siblings, two sisters and a brother, who are the children of members of quite a man of Fialaithe who do quite a lot of performing. Um, so they're doing a concert in the City Hall, Rauthuses, um, downtown. <clears throat> That's at two o'clock in the afternoon, then at eight o'clock in the evening is the kind of feature concert. And that's got a number of people, some of them are quite well known here in, in, in Reykjavik in Iceland. Raga Grundl, for instance, is one. Um, Celestina and then um, Baura Grimstotir and I will be performing and Lina Sari, the other mm. main organiser of the festival and so on. So that's that evening. And then on Saturday daytime, there's workshops. So you can come and actually have a go at doing this Rima singing um, in a workshop led by Baura. Um, and then there's also Icelandic folk dance workshop and playing the tunes for Icelandic folk dancing workshop and also Scottish folk dancing workshop. Just to cut in there on the idea of anyone who wants to have a go having a go, yeah. is it the kind of tradition that anybody would have been able to take part in in the past and does that lend itself to participation if anyone that wants to have a shot? Absolutely. I mean, the whole thing about, you know, whole, the whole thing about folk music is it involves folk. Yes. Yeah. And it's because about... it did sound a little bit complicated. We talked about the music being in strange keys and not involving instrumentation. It sounds very singular, and I wonder if that might be off-putting to someone. But by definition, as you say, it's folk music. It can be enjoyed and performed by anyone. Absolutely. I mean, it's not difficult. It's just different. Okay. And that's what makes it exciting. And, you know, because it's not like your everyday thing. And, uh, and it's, yeah, but as I say, it's not complicated. It's not difficult. It's... What ordinary working people did for hundreds of years. And accessible as well, then, to Absolutely. someone who's never heard it before. Absolutely. And and a lot of fun. And, I mean, we do workshops, Bauer and I, when we're travelling abroad, we do workshops at festivals and summer schools and so on in, in the rest of Europe and, and in North America. And lots of people come who can't speak Icelandic <laughs> and they have a go and they love it. Yeah, they love it. OK. The middle day is the Saturday, so we have the workshops in the daytime, and then the centrepiece of the whole festival is the Saturday evening, when we have a feast, and it's featuring, um, you know, har it's harvest time, so it's featuring local produce and so on, and the feast segues very smoothly into a dance, which ends up with a well-known band here, um, Skrugam India Frau Bisans, which is... They're playing an interesting twist on this because they're using Icelandic traditional tunes, but they're also kind of adding a kind of Balkan flavour. So that's dance music as well. And then the final thing on Sunday is held in Edda, the new home of Islandinger, the mm. where the Adni Magnus Stopnan is based. And uh, we're working in conjunction with them to put on an afternoon. There's a seminar slash open forum about the, the past, present and future of Icelandic folk music with various people making presentations and then an open discussion. And then the last thing of that will be um, myself and another guy who are into playing the Icelandic traditional instrument, Langspil, because there was Langspil, even if there wasn't a lot of other instruments. Um, 
And uh, so we're doing the whole thing about the past, present and future of Longspill because I firmly believe that the Longspill has a future and uh, I've been working hard at playing it and finding new ways of using it. Yes, it's an instrument we've spoken about in our previous feature as we've looked at the history of Icelandic music through a variety of different genres. So a great deal going on from Friday, from the end of the week for three days and it's the first time, as we say, this is happening since covid you are a very busy man. We've managed to carve out half an hour of your time this morning for a conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is a lot of work, and it's kind of just strange that it happens to coincide with having to go to Poland and do a concert on Saturday. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, it's fun, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love it. I mean, it's it's great. And I just, I just hope that, you know, plenty of people will come to the festival, and the ticks are now up on ticks.is, and... Um, it's the the main events on Friday, Saturday, I should say, is at Kex Hostel in 101 Reykjavik. Yes. And then on the Sunday, as I said before, we're in Edda, the new home of the home of yes. Icelandic. And a lot of detail there, but I think I'm right in saying if you go to vakarekjavik.is, that's all yep. one word, V-A-K-A, Reykjavik.is, you will find all the details about the Vaka Festival in Iceland in Reykjavik this weekend for the first really big run at things since COVID. And this is the kind of music that's quite difficult to hear in Reykjavik and Iceland because the venues don't really exist for it. Yeah, I mean, in other countries, um, in Northern Europe and, and North America, you know, you have regular venues that have this music on all the time. Uh, you have folk clubs and stuff like that. Um, and we don't have that here. I think it would be good if it was here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do have sessions and so on on a fairly regular basis, but often the music there is not particularly Icelandic um, because it's people who moved here from other places mm. getting together to play the music from where they come from. But, uh, yeah, it definitely we could do with more of this music being out there where people can bump into it. Chris, thank you very much for your time today. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you for coming and talking to me. It was great to be able to let people know. Well, I think we should maybe illustrate this with an example. So if there is a piece of music that you think best exemplifies, if it's possible to sum it up with one piece of music, with something that is typical of what might be heard over the course of the weekend, what would you suggest? Okay, well, um, I kind of hesitate to put something that I'm involved with myself, but... um, (laughs) Uh, I think it would be good if we could uh, hear a track from the more most recent album that Bauer Grimsdottir and I made, where um, you can hear some long spill being played along with some other instruments. And this is definitely the kind of tunes that uh, that uh, you will hear in the festival. It's called Vatstaller, which is the name of a place in the north of Iceland where Bauer was born. And the poem that she's singing is written by her father, Grima Lauerson, Um and it's a very beautiful description of the uh, valley Vastaller in the winter time with the uh, northern lights and uh, ice frozen on the river and so on. It's very evocative. The Vaka Festival details on the website at Vaka Reykjavik. Dot is. This is Roof English, and I'm Darren Adam. Get in touch with us anytime. English at ruv.is. Mm-hmm. 
You are listening to the Roof English Podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.